is episode 50, can't believe I'm saying that, of this podcast with the comedian Mark Watson. Um, Mark has been on it before, so this is his second time on the podcast, hence the excellently titled episode Mark Watson 2, Mark Watsoner. Definitely works, don't question that. 50 episodes, guys. 50. That is a lot. I'd just like to say thanks to those of you that have stuck with the podcast and listened to this point. It means a lot. But um, but if this is your first episode and you're thinking, don't throw me in with that crowd, mate. You currently mean nothing to me. I'm just checking you out for the first time, being a kind person. And let me tell you, you better deliver the goods, the sweet chat goods. One wrong word and I'm out of here. Okay, calm down fictional person. You don't have to be like that. And also, I now want to work out what that one word is. Is it just one word? Uh, I don't know. Uh, trousers. Is it still there? Yeah, it wasn't trousers. Okay, so uh, we'll see if the word comes up during the chat. If not, I might try and guess some more at the very end. Anyway, enough for me. I'll chat to you a bit more at the end. But here is the 50th episode of this podcast with Mark Watson. It is a 50th episode of Celebrate it. Please be celebrating throughout. Welcome again, Mark Watson, to this podcast. Thanks very your much. Second James. time on it, um, and this is your fiftieth. I've already one, told you this is the fiftieth episode celebration. It's quite a lot of chatting, isn't it? For yeah. somebody who began it because they were basically anxious about talking to other exactly. humans. I'm That's very proud thing. of that. Cool. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, because it's the fiftieth, I thought like the golden anniversary. Yep. 50 years. Um, I have bought you some gold gifts. Ah, I was hoping you would have done. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So let's have a look at these what I've got. And before I show you these, I'll tell you that uh, my criteria was that um, they were to be in the pound shop, so they're pretty cheap. Yep, understandable. I had to vaguely think they're gold coloured. Yep, otherwise there's no point. Yep, yep. Um, and finally, I didn't. I want something I could just like fit in my bag normally. I thought it'd be funny to get you some like um, golden nuggets, a big box of cereal. But then yeah. ne- neither of us wants to carry that around. All no, day. there's logistics to think yeah. about as well yeah. as to the fun of it. Yeah, <laughs> so that'd be fun. But uh, so let's see what we got here. The first, I have got you some drawing pens. That's really handy. Thank you very much. They're nice. certainly gold, isn't it? You can't see this. If you're listening, but they're, yeah. they are properly gold. Yeah. yeah. And just in case you're worrying, you don't have to take any of this home. This is more just for the podcast. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. bit of fun. It is useful um, having drawing pins, though, so I'll weigh it up, I think. Where are those originals? Where are those, those are, these are sort of more muted gold, uh, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. old gold. It's yeah. big gold, big gold. Um, and then some diamante glitter stickers. This is like Christmas. <laughs> I reckon my um, daughter would like these, actually, so I might actually take this yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's totally fine. And then, otherwise, we've got some, uh, I'll give you some medals. There's some medals there. Oh, medals as well. Yeah, well, I, again, you feel I, quite good. I, I reckon my son will probably like those. Yeah, yeah. these, I've actually come out of this quite right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As of the pound shop, they must, their eyes must have lit up when they saw you coming yeah. in. Yeah, I walked in there and I went, anything gold, bring and, it to me now. Yep. And then I bought all that stuff. <laughs> That's their dreams came to <laughs> Dream <Yeah>. customer. <laughs> so yeah, and then I've also got some 
party hats and that we might do at the end just take a photo for the 50th celebration makes sense and that is it that makes sense have you got what gold have you got for me got any gold no I wasn't it was difficult to um, I thought you would have assumed about the whole <clears throat> I couldn't fit a trip to the pound shop in so I've had a gold statue of you commissioned. Wow. It cost uh, £75,000, so oh, it actually oh. was quite... But it's being delivered, it should be delivered during the podcast, I hope. To my house? And to, 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 to the venue here. To the, oh, to, yeah, 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 yeah. The only trouble is, it's quite difficult to get a van in here, because yeah. like, Nidri Street is very steep and stuff, mm. so if it doesn't come, it'll be because they've just had trouble delivering it, and I'll yeah, get, that's I will get a text reason. about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What will the text say? Also, you, you, you're, uh, we attempted, dear Miss Watson, we attempted to deliver your statue, but you were not able to, or something like yeah, that. And yeah. then we'll just rearrange. Yeah, cool. So don't panic. Well, thank you very much. Thank you in advance for that. It's the least I could do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just to double check, I think I've given you enough gifts here and that, but rider-wise, before a chat, is there anything else you need to get going? I've already got a drink, which is uh, wine, which itself is verging on gold in colour, isn't it? Yeah. It's a sort of white, uh, like quite a rich coloured white wine. Um, and other than that, no. Generally, to be honest, I sometimes have conversations with people, and there's no rider at all. Oh, I wow. just go straight in. That's weird. Yeah. Well, not everyone is as thoughtful as you. you see. Yeah. Some people just assume you're happy to talk to them without yeah. any sort of intention. Before I have at any all. conversation with someone, I give them some sort of gift. I think that is the right approach. Yeah. But but as I say, not everyone is that considerate. So I'm used to talking to people basically for free. Yeah. Which you know. Oh, you're. You gotta get into the other game. It's like. Yeah, as I say, I try to avoid it, but yeah, it is possible. It's all right. Okay, cool. So we'll chat a bit about... I'm very excited to see that you're on the new series of Taskmaster. Yes, that indeed, I am. Yeah, um, it was a, quite an experience, <laughs> as you can so well you imagine. you probably can't talk much about it because it's not come out yet. It's about like to come out, I think, in yeah, a couple yeah. of weeks, uh-huh. yeah. So I was just wondering, like, did you think you'd be good going into it? Because you've already had the experience of, like, knowing Alex for many years and then also taking part in the live ones as well. I did. didn't think I'd be good going into it because... To be honest, knowing Alex as well as I do only means that I know how devious his mind is and right. how, and although we're friends, good friends, Alex and I think in very different ways. He's got quite a sort of mechanical mind, as you'll know if you've ever seen his shows and stuff. He's able to work out. He himself would be quite a lot, quite good at a lot of the tasks, I think, um, that Taskmaster involves. Whereas I went in thinking, I mean, I'm pretty bad at a lot of the things that, that, that life throws out. So I was just basically looking to avoid really embarrassing myself but then pretty much everyone is really because Taskmaster is not something you can adequately prepare for you yeah. are you're very exposed regardless <laughs> of who you are I think it's very good like because that show is um, I don't know if you've watched it yourself but I think it's very good oh I have yeah of yeah, course yeah, I've yeah, always yeah, been yeah. A, I've been a fan of it before I was and actually then, on it I was delighted to yeah. get the, the call to do it and yeah. it's amazing that it's went to America as well with Reggie Watts that's right that's like right that. so like, it's just a great format yeah and I'm really glad it, it could have been the sort of thing that Alex was always doing this stuff when it was, you know, a live Edinburgh thing, as you said. Mm-hmm. He's done other similar projects that are tremendous fun, which would be great TV and never quite happened. And it looked like Taskmaster would be another one of these sort of genius things Horn does, which don't reach a wider public. So yeah. it's a kind, it's a fairy tale, really, that uh-huh. this one actually is now a really popular TV yeah. show. Yeah. Um, See, so what? When was the last time you seen what you're doing, a situation in your life, and thought, "I am a silly boy." Well, it certainly happened in Taskmaster for a start because yeah. you have to sit in the studio and watch the stuff back that mm. you did. And spoiler, I did. Well, it's not really a spoiler. I did some of the tasks surprisingly well, but there were some that I was made unbelievable errors. And it's weird watching 
yourself back on the screen yeah. thinking what why did that happen? in front why? of an audience as well in front of a large it. studio <laughs> yeah. audience and moreover knowing a million people will watch it on the telly yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but also in everyday life i you fairly often have that feeling i um i talked about uh because you um you saw my show today and i, I talked mm. quite a bit about my um uneasy relationship with the blue dot that guides you around on your iPhones. So I've just got a really poor sense of direction. So even yesterday I was on the way, I did the TV thing and I wandered down George Street for a, a long way before realising that I'd somehow misinterpreted I had the phone the wrong way around or something. Anyway, it's tempting to blame the dot, but I'm pretty sure it was my fault. And um, right. this is in a city which, you know, I've been to every fringe since 2000. I've spent added together well over a year of my life here but I'm still regularly lost and at times like that I do think how well would I have to know a place before yeah. I could avoid getting lost because I've really put a lot of time into Edinburgh and I'm still used to that yeah but I feel it's okay to blame the dot because the dot does not have any feelings yes it doesn't yeah I don't it doesn't feel the, bad about the it the guys at Apple aren't sensitive to criticism no. about how well their mapping works yeah. or at least if they are then it won't come from me it'll come from some more influential person yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yes, the dot is a fairly benign uh, adversary to have, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, if someone were to become you, okay, steal your identity, what Hopefully would you... Hopefully this is a big if, but carry yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, a big if. What would you say are the three things they'd have to get right? In other words, what makes Mark Watson, Mark Watson? What would you have to get right in order to successfully impersonate me? Well... I, I suppose, I mean... Uh, you know, a lot of comedians talk about anxiety, and um, I, I'm not—I'm by no means the sort of most afflicted by it on, on the continuum of comics. But I'm just quite a kind of jumpy, nervous person. And even if I'm not actually anxious about something, I am kind of in perpetual motion. I'm always checking, like I'm always checking the football scores or where I'm meant to be in an hour's time, or I have a constant need for information interaction. So something like that, you'd have to. A low energy, low, low activity version of me wasn't wouldn't be possible. I think so. To impersonate me, you'd have to just be doing a lot of stuff the whole time. Maybe taking on slightly more than you um, can realistically okay. do. So a kind of hyperact, not hyperactive in the sense of like yelling at everyone and being a dick, but just a constant need to be doing the next thing. That's okay. quite a characteristic of mine. I think. Cool. Um, I love drinking and eating actually food and drink are big things for me I'm not much of a foodie in terms of like restaurant snobbery and stuff but I just love I love my meals I love a glass of wine if you try to take up my identity but you were the sort of person in a restaurant that says oh, I'm, re- I'm alright I've, I've already had a salad or something so then that's you immediately be unmasked yeah, I think yeah it's like Scooby Doo yeah exactly that bit, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you need to be sort of um I don't know who'd do that. Would it be like the restaurant manager that comes out and takes off them? Yeah, I, I, well, I guess I've got to hope that there are vigilant restaurant yeah, managers yeah. out there that are watching out for well, diners pretending to be. Of course, there are. They get trained on that. Of course, they do. Identity theft is a real thing these days. Yeah. It's the first thing you would teach someone. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I suppose. I mean, yeah, I suppose I am a big sports fan. If you. I spend a fair bit of my time watching it or thinking about sport. If you were impersonating me, but there was a conversation about football or cricket or something, and you got caught out and didn't have an opinion, or or if you said oh, I'm not really into that, then that or pop music as well. Actually, you need to at least do some work on sport and music in order to, because again, like I um, 
I do go to, it's a reasonably big part of my life. Basically, yeah, it's not impossible to steal my identity, but you need to commit to quite a few hobbies and interests that wouldn't necessarily be your own. So that's the challenge for yeah, people. Yeah. I like running as well, so you'd need to, you need to put in a certain number of hours a week to, to yeah, run. Yeah. So the more you look at it, it's probably more effort than it's worth know, to try and steal my identity. Quite a lot. There's got to be people that, that are easier to do for, people that mostly just sit at home. Yeah. Go after them. <laughs> That's fair. What would you say are the watts and hours of running a week? Oh, it's not a huge amount. I like to do a couple of half-hour runs, maybe maybe a little shorter you're only talking about an hour an hour and a half a yeah. week but still if you're not into running that's, yeah. that's quite a big effort just, just to try and defraud me yeah, so um, completely. again you'll find plenty of comedians that, are, that don't do anything physically so maybe maybe that's the, those are the people Easy you want one. people yeah. that are mostly sleeping it's not too hard to impersonate that that's fair um, so in the past pre-gig when you've been having the standard nerves and you're getting into your own headspace in that moment whose headspace would you rather be in like a famous figure who you really admire their confidence well um, in terms of comedians Reginald D. Hunter comes to mind I, I, I've never known him be anything other than relaxed either about a gig or, or any other aspect of life yeah. I remember doing a gig with him uh, in Melbourne uh, Festival Gala so it was quite a big gig it was a few years ago about seven years ago I would guess and there were, I think, 5,000 people in the room. So it was, it was the biggest audience I'd faced at the time. Maybe still is. Oh, no, I've, I've done a couple of the O2s since then. But one of those gigs where everyone does about five minutes. Right. And I said to Reg, it's 5,000, it's an awful lot of people. And he said, um, in that America, that southern drawl, which I don't think I can impersonate, he just yeah. said, well, we are no respecter of buildings. And he was kind of right. Uh, well, like, it is just a building with an X number of people in it. If 30 people like you, then 5,000 probably also will. Or if they don't, then the bigger... Like, it doesn't actually matter how many more people you add right. to the equation. So if I'm ever in an intimidatingly large venue, I try to summon Reg just saying, I am not a respecter of buildings, yeah. because that is sort of a good philosophy, really. Go out and do the thing you're going to do, regardless yeah. of where you are. And how easy is it to summon Reginald D. Hunter? Like, what, do you, what you candles can't, do you, you need? You can't always get hold of him. Yeah. He's often asleep or stoned, so <laughs> yeah. I mean that. Uh, yeah, I mean, failing that, just... Um, I tend to... Uh, Darren Brown is someone I've talked about quite a lot as an inspiration, and he again has this sort of relish for the performance. If he gets a, a big or potentially intimidating audience, he will just kind of embrace it, enjoy the idea that yeah. there's that improvement. So again, and he has... I think are much more are less antisocial working hours than uh, uh, than Reginald so between the two of them I like to think that someone will normally be available right yeah, yeah. get in touch with either yeah, yeah. summoning uh, well you know with a seance you can't always direct it that yeah. accurately you yeah. just have to hope someone helpful pops yeah, just up just hope it's yeah. one of those two people yeah yeah be fine. yeah if not I'll settle for anyone with sort of broadly good residual confidence <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so now we're going to do a section I have called Super Clever Question Reversal, okay? Right. What this is, basically imagine myself giving myself like a good pat on the back when I came up with these. Yeah, I will do. Uh, you, you're welcome. If you enjoy any of them, you can also pat me on the back if you want. Happy to. Um, basically, I took some of the questions that comedians are often asked in interviews and did yeah. the opposite. Right. So uh, let's just start with an easy one. What's the nicest heckle you've ever had? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an... I, um... Actually, there probably are quite a lot of these because I tend to have some quite uh, pleasant audience members. And um, as you saw today, I kind of actively encourage people to get involved in the show if it is in the right way. 
I suppose in I mean because there's been a number and not there's not one specific one that really springs to mind. But even in this run, um, I I was I can't remember if I talked about it today, but I think I did. Yes, I talked about my idea that car horns should be fitted with a sort of apology feature. Yes. So instead of criticising other people, you can just admit you've got it wrong, and it would take some of the. Uh, confrontation out of driving and I said this the other day and a lady towards the front said yes that's a good idea which is very nice to have that so that's the opposite of heckling basically yeah. constructive engagement <laughs> with your ideas yeah. and surprisingly often I do I think because of the sort of crowd I've always made it a real feature to not pick on people I will I will sometimes make fun of people a bit if they're asking for it if they seem to like it but I you know I try to foster cooperation between the audience um, members so Pleasingly often I do get someone just chipping in with helpful yeah, news, yeah, which is yeah. great, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um, I've been wondering this for a while, Mark. Is there anything we can joke about? Because <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to compile a list and then I'll send it around all the comedians so we all know we can joke we about We know this. where we are at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anything I think it's, it's seemingly fine to talk about Donald Trump because quite yeah. a few comics seem to have turned mm-hmm. their attention to him this year. He's a big guy. He's a big fella. Scene. He can take it. Uh, vegetarianism and veganism seem to be fair game. Yeah, that yeah. that remains something which uh, there's a feeling that they won't fight back too hard. Maybe because they're all right in their own world. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what other things are, I've seen enough to believe that they definitely are. It's fine. It's seemingly fine to point at someone with glasses and say, "Oh, Harry Potter over there." Right. Um, okay. By fine, I don't mean good. I just mean that seems to be a thing that a certain level of commission society accepts. Right. <laughs> Even though most people with glasses do not automatically resemble yeah. Harry Potter, society is able to suspend its disbelief and I mean, pretend that is a, a thing. This guy, you don't look like Harry do Potter. Do not like Harry Potter. No. But if a comic saw you in the audience in a certain type of comedy club and said, "Oh, Potter over there," some people would reflectively laugh just because they they know what that means. Yeah. yeah. Never underestimate the, the ability of some comics to. I need help to... with my vision. That's what. Exactly. That's the yeah. Thing. Exactly. But some some comics can get a laugh out of an audience just by saying a thing which the audience makes the audience think, oh, right, I understood that reference, so I'm happy. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> laughing. Yeah. If they just enjoy references. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah. A lot I of do. people I just... enjoy the odd reference. Yeah, because it makes you feel included in something. Yeah, You're yeah, like, yeah. not everyone got that, but I did, mm-hmm. so I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, I saw Jade Adams last night, and she did an extended bit on Forrest Gump, uh, which quite a lot of people didn't really understand, but the people that did were obviously loving it <laughs> because they felt proportionally, like, exponentially yeah, more yeah, clever yeah. with every minute that went by. Um, how do you think okay, instead of getting started in comedy how do you think you'll finish in comedy <laughs> that's great uh, uh, so yeah. if you had to guess like the perfect going out in a blaze of glory how would you plan it that's really funny actually because <laughs> how, how did you get started is by far the most <laughs> yeah. common and tedious question that I comedians mean, get like, asked yeah. I do listen to a lot of other interviews and I'm like why don't you just google that <laughs> yeah the problem <laughs> is it's very rarely an interesting story the answer is normally <laughs> yeah. well I did quite a lot of open mic competitions and gradually worked my way yeah, out yeah, yeah. it's the same as any other job it's yeah. basically how did you get started? The answer is basically attrition, about five years of attrition. Someone, I think it's Mark, yeah, it's Mark Steele. I don't know if he still does it, but he used to do a thing of always answering the question differently. He would always spin some yarn as to how he got into comedy. Yeah. Like, he, one of them was he claimed he was a TV repairman, and one time he couldn't fix the TV, so he just stayed in the corner of these people's rooms doing funny stuff in lieu of a TV. And some newspaper did print that, as a, so then he made it his thing to spread as many yeah. lies about the start of his career as he could. If you Google think... Mark Steele, you'll probably find in print there are several conflicting versions <laughs> yeah. of how he became a comedian, which I think is really funny. I think Alex Horn did something similar. I remember something yeah. happened with him with an interview. Horn loves to sort of spread misinformation <laughs> yeah, and see yeah. what he can do with it. Um, so how would you finish in comedy? You're well, perfect going out. I guess the dream is to 
I mean, Brucey died last week, of course, at, into his 90s, and he, he was still pretty active until the final couple of years. Yeah. I don't know that I, I don't know if I'll have the hunger to do it into my 90s like that, even if um, I'm fortunate enough to have that sort of health. But I definitely think I'd like to. Um, still be enjoying it enough to sometimes people talk about retirement in uh, in covetous terms like oh imagine not having to work again imagine being doing so well and I, I don't really identify with that idea you don't see the Rolling Stones going well we've, we've got enough money now so there's just no point in doing this anymore yeah. I like to think that if you love what you do you don't yeah. see the incentive to retire so I don't really ever want to stop doing it I, I'm sure I just want to stop travelling around as much and touring actually but I'd like to think that uh I could still be doing it so I, I'd like to I suppose I'd like to imagine like ending comedy by just doing a still being if not on tour doing some show and then just peacefully dying and not knowing it, not being aware it was my final show right, okay. against that there is the idea that these 24 hour shows have sort of marked out my path through life so there is an argument that I could just do one enormous conclusive <laughs> yeah. 24 hour show and say this is the final time I will perform yeah. as a comedian and then the sheer sense of occasion would be yeah. even more enormous than it normally is for a 24 hour show. Yeah. People would absolutely lose their marbles, I reckon. So I probably am the sort of attention seeker that if I was about 65, and especially if I was ill, seriously ill or something, I might be tempted yeah. to just try and do one gigantic act of grandstanding to, to yeah. sign off on. And if the doctors were like, you're definitely not living past this point, like, great for the promo. Like, okay, fine. So we know that August the 18th is my <laughs> final ever public performance. Yes, yeah, yeah. produce that. Sell a yeah. lot of tickets. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. People might not want to come. It's one of the only things I've not seen in Edinburgh in my years is someone saying, I'm dying, so here's my final hour. I, <laughs> yeah. You would shift tickets for it, all right? <laughs> Certainly, but only the one performance. Yeah. And it would be risky because you don't know if your diagnosis is that accurate, but still, it's yeah. a hook. You might complain. There will be a fringe show in, two, in the next two or three years where someone, someone's blurb is that, and then <laughs> it'll be a big discussion over whether they're exploiting it or not. Yeah. But no one will feel like criticising them because they're seriously serious <laughs> Yeah. Uh, clue. So, um... Let's say, I don't know if there is, but let's say there was to be some uh, Mark Watson merchandise. I know you've got like DVDs and that, but I don't know if you've got t-shirts or anything like that sort of thing. Well, no, I sell books and stuff that I've written, but it doesn't yeah. exactly count as merchandise because mm-hmm. it's... We did have a phase where um, my tour manager persuaded me to... Um, uh, there were a couple of catchphrases from the show which we experimented with putting on t-shirts because there was this idea that people like to leave with some sort of keepsake of the funny stuff they seem. But we barely ever sold them at all. Right. Um, Partly because I used to like selling the, still do like selling the uh, books and things because that's other areas of my work that I want to get into the public's hands. Whereas with t-shirts and stuff, I always felt a bit like uh, uh, Del Boy and Rodders trying to sell stuff like that. So I would tend to sell stuff by going, I've got a book which I'd love you to read if you. And then um, there's also uh, there's a t-shirt. So basically, I massively undersold that stuff. <laughs> yeah, so we, yeah. we would sell about two per show, and we soon realised it wasn't worth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but let's say there was to be. A Mark Watson action figure, okay? Yeah. What would you say? Which is not impossible. We can't yeah. rule it out. Yeah. What would you say is the clothes you'd be wearing on this action figure, like stuff you think you wear the most that you'd want to be put into this action figure? And then also, who would your arch nemesis be that people could also get the toy of? Well, I've always got a, basically a t-shirt and jeans on and then a jacket sometimes, like a, a sort of suit jacket with jeans is my mm. look. So I suppose you'd have to go with that unless it was a unless because I'm also often in running clothes you could do a running action figure and then maybe it would have more you could do more with yeah, it you, yeah, you more could costumes. do more yeah, exciting yeah, yeah. stuff with it exactly you could get it a series of different running shirts because yeah. they get they get sweaty and stuff so you need to rotate and then maybe like a suit if you're doing like live at the Apollo or something yeah I, I'd like to have one smart set of clothes yeah. with this action figure because like, you can't tell what gigs might yeah. come up yeah <laughs> um, 
and then I mean Frankie Boyle became my nemesis a few years ago because we had a sort of public yeah, exchange of words and I don't really want that to be the situation um, I've never really resolved that situation I just I, it's kind of gone away naturally of itself um, so I've certainly got no interest in reigniting a public feud with someone like Frankie Boyle who I think is a really good comedian yeah. but um, but if someone was to make an action figure of him and of me, then I think there'd be some interest in people and sort of fighting it. You could battle it out on stage or something, yeah. a rap battle, or I don't know. Because I'm thinking it'd be turned into like a film and eventually sort of like good final scene in the end. There. It would be quite interesting. The other thing is I hate uh, cheese and I spend a lot of my life trying to escape from cheese. Like people put parmesan on in a restaurant, you order a burger but it's got cheese on it so forth so you could if you want to think more outside the box you can make a sort of supervillain that's made out of cheese in the same yeah. way like Superman's kryptonite basically yeah. Yeah. Well, what about if it's Frankie but there's a button and he's got cheese in his hand well, and then, it thrusts it towards you then that's a that's a proposition for me to deal with yeah, yeah. That's, there's real human drama there <laughs> yeah um, okay so let's say you could create your perfect fan okay so this is basically yeah. A Mark Watson uniform that all of your audience would wear to your shorts. What would you want that to be? Wow. The idea of all of the, the fans at a show wearing a uniform is a little bit sort of Nuremberg trials, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. But, but, Let's that, past that. but That's mind you, they sold a lot of tickets for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd love those numbers. Probably sold out. I think it, what I believe they put extra, extra shows on, yeah. Um, Nuremberg Later rallies is what I'm referring to. Yep. Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. Um, well, I think. Probably, I like, um, I'm not a comedian who points at someone with a flowery shirt on and, or, and makes fun of their shirt or anything like that, so there's no real advantage for me in having people having um, weird shirts or like distinctive clothes. Mm. Um, obviously, I suppose the hardest gigs in some ways for me are sort of corporate gigs where people are in black tie because that um, suggests a certain level of formality which is not quite it's a bit at odds with stand-up comedy where like, so basically I like people to be as relaxed as possible so ideally I, I my people dress down t-shirts band t-shirts maybe are a good sign because that suggests that they're the same sort of person as me have the same sort of yeah actually I guess there are certain bands like the Super Free Animals uh, Tame Impala more recently Arcade Fire yeah, yeah, yeah. that I the new pornographers the more niche one there are a handful of bands that if I saw someone wearing a t-shirt of them I think well we, we at least have some key aspects yeah. of personality in common or you wouldn't like that um, so if, if everyone was wearing either a t-shirt of a band I liked or merchandise of someone like Darren Brown that I like or yeah basically some sort of t-shirt t-shirt is good because it means we're all relaxed we're, you're on the same page as me and if it can be occasionally I do spy the logo of a band that I like an audience it definitely makes me think you're probably going to like me because we're similar people so yeah yeah. but I don't, I'm not, I don't want anyone to wear a band t-shirt of a band they're not even aware of or not comfortable with but if you do happen to even any band actually I'm the sort of person to yeah. quite like that sort of merchandising so yeah, yeah. I'm confident so you're not you're not going to do like put out an email saying like if you come to a show and you've not got a band t-shirt on, you're not getting in. No, I'd rather not make it as militant as yeah, that, because I yeah. myself don't put that much effort into clothes, so I'd hate people to... There was an arcade fire show at the Roundhouse in London where they tweeted out that you had to be in smart attire to get in. Um, and it was sort of a joke, but it was quite an exclusive gig. Like, it had been really hard to get tickets in the first place, so I did wear a tie just to be on the safe side. Yeah. And a lot of people had done it, but a lot of people hadn't, and it was a joke, it turned out. But it was quite an interesting experiment. <laughs> yeah. 
That's quite cool. So I, it's one of those things I couldn't bear the idea, the idea of being on the door and then everyone else has got a suit on and the doorman is like, I'm sorry, mate. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. But then you went for the tie. You went for the tie. I'm safe. Yeah. Did you have anything like a suit? I as think well? I had a nice shirt on. Yeah. Not a suit type shirt, but a shirt that looked like it would go with the tie. Mm. And then the rest of it was casual, so I hedged my bets basically. Yeah. I think because, I, as a man, you can sort of wear a tie in most settings, and it it's, doesn't appear to be that try right, hard, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. I think um, that probably happened because of the time when I had Arcade Fire on a podcast, obviously. So I had them on, and then chatted about uniform, and then they were like, "We want to do." You this asked thing. them this question, yeah, and they yeah. found this idea. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry the fact you had to wear a tie. No, no, all. but that's how it it's happens. My doing. Isn't it? Someone asks you a question, and it, it sparks a thought, and there you go. <laughs> yeah. Completely. Yeah. Um, so you. Have, you're about to well you've already done it but on the tail you're about to be on Bear Grylls the Island yes it's on in a week it's next week now. are you yeah. able to talk about that at all I believe so yeah, yeah I mean yeah, yeah. basically it was um, it was like 10 if you, the format of the show is 10 people go to an island uh, in this case so called celebrities previously it's just been done with members of the public and um, uh, well there's one celebrity series before Josie did it of course and um, the the emphasis is is on not making it too much of a reality show the idea is that you um, are meant to work together there's no voting off of people it's not even it's not even broadcast uh, in real time they show it um, after you've all come back and yeah it's meant to be a sort of experiment to see whether um, you can build cooperate and build a community to survive without you don't have any food or water or shelter or anything you have to do everything from scratch um, it's, it's certainly nowhere near the sort of thing that I would normally do but having been asked to do it I couldn't quite say no to it because uh, it's one of those moments in your life where you think I, I should embrace this yeah. challenge uh, and it was I, I, it's a spoiler but I didn't quite get to the end I got into the final week I'd done 22 days on the island and it, I was um, physically and mentally absolutely wrecked and I, so I left just before the end three people had already gone so I felt it was alright um, uh, it was a pretty grueling, awful experience in a lot of ways. But I'm very proud that I did it. And um, yeah. I, I did learn genuinely certain kind of life lessons, like um, my appreciation of what it's like to have food and drink and just to be able to live comfortably is really... I've clung on to that because, obviously, for quite long days, you just couldn't really have any... There, mm-hmm. there wasn't any food or you couldn't... There's no shelter or... So the, the best thing about it is as a reminder that, that you live a very fortunate life, basically. Yeah. And um, how all this will come across on TV, I don't know. But I don't even know if I want to watch it because it was quite an intense month of my life and it's going to be weird to see it yeah, recreated yeah, yeah, yeah. on TV. So I'm thinking I'm going to skip it, let uh, trusted people watch it for me and then maybe further down the line I'll yeah. sort of watch it. Yeah. yeah. And so like, what were your feelings about it just before you actually went in, once you'd agreed to do it before it actually started? I was very anxious. I was on a guest list, uh, not a guest list, a um, like reserve list for two weeks Okay. because um, someone else was meant to be on it and they had a health issue or something. So I was on this weird situation of being on standby for something which, so even like three weeks before, I didn't know whether I was about to go to an island off Panama for a month or just live a normal life. Yeah. Um, and the only way to deal with a situation like that really is to just assume it's not happening. Mm-hmm. So I'd almost accepted, right, this is fine, it's not happening. And then they suddenly, I did get the call saying, it's on, want you to do it. So I had hardly any time to acclimatise to the idea of it psychologically. Um, which meant that I didn't have time to get that nervous either because I just had to go and do it. But it yeah. was, I was very anxious and... Um, 
lastly, just that I would be in situations beyond my comfort zone, which I was a number of times. Um, but also sort of excited, I suppose. It's not a situation you ever be in normally. So, um, and you are pushed quite hard. It, and there were lots of times when I was very miserable. But I, um, yeah, broadly speaking, I think it, it convinced me that if there's a situation that you think, I don't know if I'm capable of doing that, it is worth at least trying it. Yeah. And you can bail out if you can't. But I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that I didn't kind of shirk the challenge of it at the time. Yeah. Cool. <coughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, so basically, I don't know if you remember, but I have a trademark question, okay? So this came up in the 25-hour show, it's the first one I asked, then I asked you again when we did our first podcast. Uh, the question is, what do you like? What do you like? I do remember, yes. Okay, cool. So um, you might be thinking, James, you can't just ask me that question again, we've got to update it. So I have. I'm trying to remember what I asked. Oh, okay, you have updated the question. I have updated the question. Okay, so yeah. fine, I'm ready. Um, it's, a, it's, very, it's very smart what I've done here. Uh, again, feel free to pat me on the back. Uh, what do you like now? Oh, that's really, that is clever. Yeah, updated it, haven't I? Because it's like that's no. really nice. <laughs> I'm trying to think what I like now that I might not have liked two. Is it two years ago? Maybe like three, 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 isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's three. You're right. That was the year. Like, um, I am. Um, well, I tell you, I really like clocks, actually. I've noticed that, that I often... I'm, I'm not much of a one for, like, uh, sort of interior design or household goods, or I pay fairly little attention to this sort of thing. But quite often I've noticed myself seeing a, someone's got a lovely big clock, and I think, oh, what a gorgeous clock. So I think in later life, I'm, in, in middle life, I'm developing a real appreciation of... Like, you, those huge clocks you get at stations... And sometimes people have those in their house. Yeah. And so yeah, I think um, it's taken me a long time to realise it, but I'm quite a big yeah. fan of clocks, I think. Yeah. That's so weird that you say that, because my next question is, what's the best clock you've seen? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a, in that case, that's inspired question. There's no way you could have prepared for that other than by basically magic. Yeah. Uh, the best one I've seen... Well, i tell you what I did see. It was... Now, can I... Can I remember... If can I get this right? Yeah, it's um, it's a clock in New York, and I was there about three or four months ago, and it um, it was it's a digital clock, so it's just all all actual numbers, and it's one of these clocks that are a countdown clock. So just as you look at it, a series of digits just endlessly mm-hmm. changes. But I just couldn't work out what it was. Was it the world's population or something like that, or? And I watched it, but there's no explanation as far as I could see. Oh, yeah. it, it was just a huge neon screen with these numbers endlessly sort of dancing around. And eventually I googled it, and it was something like just um, the, the number of... The first half of it was the number of minutes until I think the end of the year, and the second half of it was the number of minutes that had elapsed so far the year, or, or vice versa. So it was one half of it was going up, the other half was going down... Yeah eternally but you could never and it was quite simple to work that out if you watched it for a bit yeah. but it was completely beyond me so that's a, in some ways definitely not the best clock I've seen because it was in, incomprehensible but <laughs> yeah. I, I do like New York for that sort of thing yeah. sometimes there's just a huge public thing which like an inexplicable piece of art or something and you, you end up having to work out what, what, right. what yeah, it yeah, meant yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, generally big cities are great for that I think for this kind of 
this weird stuff that you sometimes stumble upon and think, I don't really know what that is, but yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah. So take that as like maybe not like the best clock, one of the most interesting oh. ones you've seen. It's one of the most interesting takes on the idea of a clock that I've seen <laughs> yeah. of late. Yeah. Um, so if you want to. Uh, I might let people share their clocks with you on Twitter and stuff. Oh, like definitely. That. If anyone cool. wants to tweet me a picture of a nice clock, I'm so we'll always open to that. At Watson Comedian. At Watson Comedian. Let's add a hashtag. Uh, what about a hashtag cracking clock? <laughs> cracking clock. Yeah. So cool. If you've seen a clock you like, tweet Mark. If you see a clock and think that's a cracking clock, they got, <laughs> then by all means tweet it to me. I, I, I'm really looking forward to the first time one does come in. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so we're, we're about to wrap up here. And um, just let you know. So this section is very quickly, just a bit of sincerity here. I hope you're cool with that. I probably, yeah. I'd just like to say thank you for helping out with the podcast and helping get it started from the 25-hour show that Well, I'm, as I say, I'm really pleased that that did happen. Um, I remember you, if I remember, you were doing a sort of sponsored talking to a stranger every hour. Yeah. At, but as, I wasn't as a response able to, to the fact that you're not that, you weren't that into talking to strangers. Yeah. And then the podcast became a sort of formalised version of that. Yeah. And the fact you've notched up 50 is pretty, pretty pleasing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, um, so, so, you, so I'm delighted that that... I always hope with the 25-hour shows and things like that, as well as being good shows, I always hope there'll be kind of spin-offs like this where people develop a side of themselves. Yeah. Everywhere. And that does occasionally happen. I find that very rewarding. That's yeah. the sort of thing I would like my comedy to provoke. <clears throat> so I would very much say that, like, doing this podcast has helped me, like interact with people in day-to-day life and that as well that's brilliant so that's, yeah that's what you wanted fun. from it in the first yeah, place yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah i'm delighted with that cool yeah so that was I, I, I look forward to you getting through to 100 yeah well what was is that diamonds what's 100 i'm not sure if there isn't 75 something so yeah they're all something aren't they but i mean not many people celebrate the 100th anniversary gold, of anything obviously gold seems pretty high. oh yeah that's true <laughs> i hadn't thought about that yeah but gold seems pretty high up already the diamond must be the next level. Yeah, it must be diamond. Maybe platinum or something. I've yeah. never understood. Sometimes you get platinum, platinum things, don't gifts. you? Platinum okay. Got yeah. a hit single. Maybe have it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> have it. Uh, just make me a song that sells a million copies <laughs> and present yeah. me with a signed LP. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. So basically, anything, finally, anything you'd like to add or get off your chest at the end of this chat? Well, it's been really nice, this. I think uh, sometimes with um, podcasts, the, uh, the chat is very general. And it's all fine, but as you say, there's a lot of questions like how to do, or not just podcasts, radio interviews, a lot of conversations that you have as a comedian do tend to ask the same kind of questions over and over again. I think the key to a, um, a good podcast is to tailor it to the person you're talking to, um, either by knowing a bit about their work or at least by reacting to what sort of stuff they seem to be. So I think, I think this is a, I'm not exactly getting off my chest, but I think this is a really good podcast, and I hope that how many people listen, how many subscribers? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's not about subscribers. Yeah, I don't um, think I have that many, but people know how do like work. it. I'm sure they do. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. well, basically, keep going with it because I'm, I'm very pleased that you're doing this as an indirect result of something I did. Yeah. And uh, long may it continue. Cool. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank Goodbye. you. Goodbye. Hashtag crack and clock. That's right. <laughs> That was the 50th episode of this podcast. Good one, I thought. It was a lot of fun. Um, and thanks so much again to Mark for guesting on the podcast. And please do support him in all aspects of his life if you do not already. At Watson Comedian is his Twitter. And please do send pictures of nice clocks you've seen with the hashtag cracking clocks to him. Um, I'm on there too, is at James Walker Guy. If you'd also feel like sending me a picture of a clock 
I wouldn't mind that at all. And I don't think it needs clarifying, but just in case, I'll say it very clearly. The word we're saying is clocks. Just being very careful to avoid a certain kind of picture there. Okay, now just to end on another wee bit of final sincerity. So uh, it's been super fun doing this podcast over the years, and I'm looking forward to doing it even more in the future. I used to be the type of guy that'd hang around after gigs to awkwardly get autographs from comedians and people I admire, um, but now I've managed to find a sneaky way of tricking a fair number of those people I admire to chat nonsense with me on a podcast for 30 minutes plus. What a bunch of goddamn suckers. And uh, Note to self, hey man, uh, before you release this, definitely remember to remove that bit where you call your entire back catalogue of guests suckers. It looks bad. Also, love you. Please help spread the word if you can tweet or Facebook about the podcast. I'd love to get the word out there about this about this episode a bit more. I think it's a really good one uh, and entice some new listeners into the fold. Thank you, everyone. Phew, guys, breathe. That is the end of the sincerity. So sorry to any of you who are listening to this for the first time. That must have been horrible for you to listen to. All future episodes will, I guarantee you, have no sincerity. None whatsoever. I will never be sincere again. Um, If you do hear a future episode with any, you're very welcome to unsubscribe immediately. Um, You can also do that whenever you want anyway, because you're your own person, guys. You are your own persons. There are future episodes coming up with uh, Phil Wang and Spontaneous Sherlock, so have a look out for them if you're interested in hearing more of this podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, Please enjoy your weekdays and weekends this week and weekend okay i think i think i should have a much better sign off by this many episodes in but it's that's what i'm going with (laughs) 